Welcome to Just Food, a podcast about cultivating justice and health. This is a series brought to you by the Berkeley Food Institute at the University of California, Berkeley. I'm your host, Laura Clivens, and today we're starting off by taking you to the heart of the Berkeley campus, where our reporter, Graylin Brashear, recently spent some time asking students this question. Can I talk to you really quick? Okay. It's, okay. A, it's about CalFresh. Do you guys know what CalFresh is? No, no. I don't. Never heard of it. Um, do you know what CalFresh is? No. Do you know what CalFresh is? Oh, is that where you um, get food? Like they? Ha- no, that's a food pantry, right? I'm not sure what it is either. No, I'm not sure. So CalFresh is the way that you can get some help paying for your groceries. Kim McCoy-Wade is the head honcho of CalFresh at the California Department of Social Services. It comes on an EBT card. It's about $125 a month. You can use it at grocery stores, farmers markets. Okay, like food stamps. Right. CalFresh is the state program that administers the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, which used to be called food stamps. If your income is below a certain threshold, you can sign up. It's a really important program. It helps about 4.5 million people get groceries every month in California. The state spent $8 billion in federal funds on it last year. But in California, the rate of enrollment is really pretty low. Less than 40% of people who qualify for CalFresh actually sign up here, and that means California lags behind the rest of the country on the rate of enrollment. Why is that? Well, that's a really good question, and the answer is complicated. There are folks doing research on this, and they say a lot of people are misinformed. They don't realize that they qualify, or they think they're going to have to pay the benefits back, or they're worried about what it might do to their immigration status. And then there's also stigma around this. People don't want to ask for food, this basic need. Or maybe they just think this is for people who are worse off than me. So here in California, advocates and state officials are trying to find ways to close this gap and help people who are eligible for CalFresh sign up and actually get the benefits. They're tracking it in all different kinds of ways, research to understand the issue, policy changes, and shifting people's attitudes about accepting food assistance. And it turns out one place where all these efforts are really working is UC Berkeley. And this is where Ruben comes in. My name is Ruben E. Canedo, and my role at UC Berkeley is the chair for the Basic Needs Committee. Ruben's committee is part of Cal's Educational Opportunity Program, or EOP, a team of counselors whose whole job is helping disadvantaged students succeed at college. These are students who are low-income, from underrepresented backgrounds, or are first-generation students. Before he worked to help those students, Ruben was one of them, back when he was an undergrad at Cal. He comes from a Latino and Indigenous background, and he worked his way through college, and he was really involved with the EOP while he was here. And a few years after graduation, he came back to work for the program as full-time staff in 2013. Early on, he was charged with doing some basic research on how they could help their students. So I just sat down with people, and one of the questions was, what are your largest barriers to success that you have the least amount of information and resources for? I thought they were going to talk about resources and funding and all that kind of stuff. And as I was meeting with folks, it was really consistent that people kept saying food that students were saying that they weren't eating or they weren't eating enough. Uh, Staff were saying, hey, I'm having to bring fruits and cliff bars, and now when I eat my lunch, I eat half of it because I know a student at some point from lunchtime to the time that I end hasn't had a meal, so I'm going to give them half of my lunch. That was shocking. It shocked a lot of people. 
This is a basic need. And Berkeley is a place famous for progressive politics and efforts to make college accessible. Why was this happening? And that's a question we could spend a long, long time answering. But Rubin and other experts say this is part of it. The cost of going to school is going up, and so is the cost of living here in the Bay Area. And at the same time, more non-traditional students from more diverse backgrounds are going to college, and they're worried about taking on debt. So now you're having working-class students, middle-class students that did not grow up food insecure experiencing that for the first time and have no idea how to do what they need to do to take care of themselves. And it's surprisingly tough to combat this, Ruben said, because there's this cultural acceptance that students are going to suffer. You know, like how many movies have we watched where they portray a student that's in college that is having to work multiple jobs and is falling asleep in class and is trying to save money and can barely make ends meet and is skipping meals. And you see that being referenced and it's just kind of like, hey, how's college going? You know, how, the, how are those PB&Js? Those or ramen noodles. The ramen noodles. You're like, it, it's just part of the conversation. It was so accepted. But Rubin said once the EOP folks started presenting their data on just how big a problem hunger was on campus, people started saying, we need to do something about this. So when we found out the data that 39% of UC Berkeley students are food insecure, and that 23% of graduate students are food insecure, and that amongst those students, so many of them qualify for SNAP or CalFresh, we needed to go find out why aren't they on CalFresh. Yeah, CalFresh. Why aren't more students signing up for these benefits? Here's Kim McCoy-Wade. So, yes, there is in CalFresh a old and wildly unpopular rule that makes it harder for college students to really establish that they're low income. It's kind of based on an old stereotype that maybe a college student looks like they have no income, but mom and dad are paying behind the scenes for room and board or tuition or books or all that. There were some exceptions, but the rule basically made it so that if you're a full-time student, you also have to work 20 hours a week to qualify for CalFresh. But what people on the ground knew was that a lot of college students today don't fit that stereotype. They're at school without support. A lot of them are working, even though they can't handle a full course load and 20 hours a week on the job. And a lot of them are going hungry. If you're looking to take down barriers that stop people from getting federal food assistance, Ruben said, well, this was one. So he said people at Berkeley and elsewhere around the state got to work advocating for new rules. And over the last few years, they got them. First, in 2014, came AB 1930, which said, OK, new exception. If you qualify for work-study, that's the federal program that helps students with financial needs get part-time jobs in college, then you automatically qualify for CalFresh. In 2016, came AB 1747, which required a lot of college campus food vendors to accept the EBT cards CalFresh recipients use. And it was students who led the way. Courtney Cooper, student trustee of Foothill Community College and former foster youth. Um, I strongly support this bill. Alex Galeano, student Like these voices you're hearing now. They all came to Sacramento in 2016 to speak up for AB 1747. I strongly support this bill. Dorisa Garcia, student at Madera Community College, and we are in support. Any other witnesses in support? At Berkeley, this has changed the landscape. 9,000 students on campus now qualify for CalFresh. That's over a third of the student body who could be getting up to $190 a month for groceries. But there are way fewer than 9,000 Berkeley students who actually sign up for CalFresh benefits. All those other barriers that keep people off food assistance apply here, too. 
People don't know about it, they think they don't qualify, or they think other people need it more than them. But here's the good news. Ruben and his colleagues found out a college campus is the perfect place to apply a whole slew of tools being developed to break down those barriers. Berkeley's something of a laboratory for finding out what works. One tool? Clinics, where students can just walk into an office on campus and have staff help them sign up if they're eligible. At Berkeley, Ruben and his colleagues hold these clinics once a week. So we're seeing our numbers drastically increase from being able to count um, in your hand and your fingers and toes how many people we were registering to CalFresh to now having every clinic having 35 to 40, every clinic. And the state has rolled out an app. On your phone, you can start your CalFresh application uh, online. It includes the college screening questions so that you can, if you're a college student, pretty quickly see if there's a good chance you're eligible or not. And there's something else going on at Berkeley, something that's a little more subtle. They're getting rid of the stigma around food assistance. Yeah. What are these exactly? Uh, rice and vegetable soup. Okay. This is the UC Berkeley Food Pantry, down in the basement of the MLK Student Center. It opened in 2014, and it's run by students. There are bright murals on the walls of farms and food delivery trucks, shelves stocked with organic pasta, and coolers filled with fresh produce. Undergrad Mina Wu volunteers here, and she's showing me around. Here's the juice. Those go like really fast. People like get like, a lot of juice. And then here's our pasta. These two shelves are for the pasta one. Ruben says the community built around the food pantry shows that there doesn't have to be stigma associated with getting help to fill your fridge. And college students are really leading the way. There's a generational change happening, he said. Young people who are coming to school and facing hunger, they're seeing food assistance as just another tool that's available to them. In the same way that tutoring is a tool for success, so is the food pantry, so is the food assistance program. And it seems to be working. Remember those students we heard from earlier in Sproul Plaza? Um, do you know what CalFresh is? No. In every group of students I talked to, at least one person qualified for work-study. Yeah, I do have work-study, but I didn't know we had CalFresh. Is that something that you'd sign up for? And every one of them said this with no hesitation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, if I qualify. Yeah. I mean, like, everything helped. Everybody involved in bringing CalFresh to people who need it says there's more work to do. But what's happening at Berkeley is giving a lot of people hope, especially when it comes to reducing stigma. It doesn't surprise Ruben, and he thinks if the culture can change at college, it'll start changing everywhere else. This generation is a really powerful generation that loves collectivism and sharing. I come from an indigenous background, and we have a word, and it's in English you would pronounce it like korima, and, and korima means uh, help me today so I may help you tomorrow better. So that's what we do. You've been listening to Just Food, a podcast about cultivating justice and health. This is a production of the Berkeley Food Institute. You can learn more about the institute at food.berkeley.edu. And check out calfresh.org for more information on California's food assistance programs, including how to sign up for benefits. This episode was produced by Graylin Brashear and Lacey Jane Roberts. The music was composed by Roy Burrill and Poddington Bear. I'm Laura Clivens, and thank you for listening.